recorded live. The Wilderness in Desert University. So it is a place that every Bible great has spent time in, and if you want to be used in a significant way by God and walk in your personal promised land, you will spend time there as well. And so what I want to do for the rest of our time today is I want to talk to you about the core curriculum in DU. Because these are classes that every one of us has to not just pass, but become very proficient at if we are ever going to walk in our promised land. And the first course is called audiology. And the lesson that we learn here is to hear God's voice, we must turn aside. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. It says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the prince, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness. Moses was so deep into DU, he didn't even realize. He wasn't on the near side. He wasn't even in the middle. He was deep. He was on the far side of the wilderness. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that the bush was on fire, but it did not burn up. I asked the Lord, I said, why did you kind of appear in a bush that was burning on fire but not, you know, being consumed? Here's what the Lord said to me. He said, because I was already speaking to Moses. God speaks to us, we don't even realize. He's letting Moses know, Moses, you have an anger issue, and you could burn on the inside, but you can control yourself fool on the outside. See, we have this, this, this feeling that, you know, there are things that can happen to us that can cause us to not control ourselves. fact of the matter is that you have the ability to control yourself. Nobody makes you do anything. The devil don't make you do it, and God don't make you do it. We choose to do it. The greatest power in life that we have is the power to choose. And what God is letting Moses know is no matter what's happening, no matter how bad the emotions are, no matter how bad you're burning inside, that you have the choice on how you're going to react. You can burn with anger and you can burn with compassion, but you don't need to strike out on somebody, Moses. Notice what he's saying here. And when Moses saw that the bush was on fire but it didn't burn, Moses thought, I'll go over and see the strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, one version said, when, the Lord, when God saw him, turn aside. God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. The lesson of DU is that God, of audiology, is that God wants to get our attention. We must turn aside to hear the voice of God. God gets our attention in all different sorts of ways, doesn't he? Through the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit within us giving us that check, saying, ah, no, no, don't do that. Don't you wish you've always listened to that check, that inner voice? I mean, I have paid dearly for not listening to that check. And then there's the green light. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. That's all right. I wish I've always listened to the green light. There have been opportunities that I've missed and doors that have been opened that I haven't walked through because I haven't listened to that green light, the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. But how many of you know that when you're deep in your stuff, you ain't paying attention to the voice of the Holy Spirit? He just ain't listening. So God has other ways of grabbing our attention. He grabs our attention through loved ones, our close friends, who we've known for years that have proven their love and loyalty to us. Our pastor. God is grabbing some of your attention right now. Our parents. The people that love us 
in life. Not the people who we barely know. They don't have our best interests at mind. The people that we have a track record with. But how many of you know that when we're deep in our stuff, we don't listen to the people who love us? We don't, we don't want to listen to nobody. We want to do it our own way. And so God has other ways of grabbing our attention. God uses pain and circumstances to get our attention. It's not God's preferable way of doing it. But when we will be so hard-headed, you know what God will do? He'll say, okay. Why don't you go and experience the pain of your consequences, not again to crush us, but to turn us, to get us prepared, to help shape us into the person. He did it with Samson. Time and time again, Samson played the role of the playboy. He was going to do whatever he wanted to do, and he kept saying, well, God will just be with me, and God will just be with me. And, God, and one day he went out thinking God will just be with him, and God said, oh, no, you don't understand. It's time for a little pain. He did it with the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. He did it with Jonah, who had an encounter with the mascot of DU, a whale. He spent nights, three days and three nights, in the belly of a whale. Why? Not to hurt them, but to help them. And here he does it with Moses. In order to hear God, he needs to turn aside. Second course, theology. The lesson is God wants to be intimate with you. Exodus chapter 3 verse 5 says, God spoke and said, do not draw near to this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Now, if you understand the culture of the day, you go like this when you read this verse. Hmm? See, the culture of the day was you couldn't touch nothing holy with your skin. Touch the Torah, you had to wrap it in cloth without holding it so your hands would not touch it. Even today, in a lot of uh, Jewish places and even Messianic places, they have this thing that looks like a finger, a metal finger that's pointed, so that when you read from the Torah, that it touches the pages and not your flesh. Nothing unholy could touch something that is holy. And so knowing that, when I read this verse, and I hear God say, take off your shoes, I'm confused, I'm like, God, no, you know what you really mean is walk over there, and put on three pair of tube socks and some knee-high boots, and then come back over here, because the place that you're standing is holy ground. But God doesn't say that. What God says is, take off your sandals, for you're standing on holy ground. Here's what God is saying. God is saying, and here's the lesson of theology, God wants to get skin on skin with you. God wants to get intimate with you. And if you're ever going to get to a place where you walk in your promised land, You've got to get intimate with God. You've got to get to, to the point where you know him better and better each and every day. Because there's going to be things on your journey to the promised land where unless you get the wisdom of God, you will get stuck. You need God's intervention. Theology, God wants to get skin on skin with you. The third course is numerology. And the lesson is, God is a God of another chance, so never count the child of God out. Exodus chapter 3, verse 6, moreover, he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look on God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I heard the cry 
because of their taskmasters, and I know their sorrows. So I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good land and a large land, to a land that flows with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come up to me, and I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. This conversation is taking place 40 years after Moses committed the murder. Moses, Moses, the sin may have exiled you. The devil may have discarded you. Your friends may have forgotten you. And you may have given up on you. But Moses, I still believe in you. Moses, I created you. Moses, time knows no time frame when it comes to me. Moses, even now, even after all of this, I still believe in you. I still want to give you a second chance. This course teaches us numerology. Never give up on a child of God because God is a God of second chances. Don't look at the odds that say because you did this, you can never do that. Because you did this, you can never be that. The odds that say you've given up on all of this and you'll never get it back again. Don't look at the odds because numerology teaches us we serve a God who defies the odds. After three days in the grave, he rose again. He defies the odds and he's still doing it today. Numerology. Never give up on a child of God because God is a God of it. Second chances. The next course is called selfology. It's not a word, but I needed an ology. So <laughs> selfology. Struggled for about twenty minutes to come up with that. In this lesson, in this course, we learn the lesson. It's not about you. It's not about me. Contrary to popular belief, we are not the center of the universe. Contrary to popular belief, other people's stuff matters. Contrary to popular belief, there are more important people than us. Contrary to popular belief, we don't live in a meistic world, although that's the attitude of the world. It is not about us. And in Exodus chapter 3, verse 11, God says to Moses, Moses says to God, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Now notice what happens here. Moses says, who am I? Translation, why would you choose me? Translation, God, I know all my shortcomings. I know I have anger issues. I know I have belonging issues. I don't know whether I'm Hebrew, Egyptian, or Italian. I have family issues. I was given up to be adopted when I was young. I have commitment issues. I never wanted to fully commit to your plan for my life. God, I know my shortcomings, and I know my mistakes. And God, my mistakes are not little mistakes. They're big mistakes. God, did you know what I did? Murder! God, this, this is a big one. Now, God could have answered Moses' question with validation. Moses, you the man. Don't get so 
so down on yourself, man. Pull yourself together. Don't you know you're awesome? You're all that in a bag of chips. Moses, don't you know that you are the one who's been raised in Pharaoh's household and you know the government like the back of your hand. You know all the ins and the outs. Who's better than you for the job, Moses? He could have answered with validation, but he didn't. He answered with verification. What was the verification? I am with you. It's not about you, Moses. It's about me. Moses, don't you understand that even if you felt qualified, even if you felt worthy, you could not do this without me. Moses, I'm asking you to go before Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the land. He's got an army. He lives in a guarded palace. He has got every earthly resource at his disposal. But Moses, you've got me. You've got the God of the universe. You've got the one who drew you out of the water. And if I saved you once, I can keep you the second time. Moses, it's not about you, never been about you, not about your qualifications, not about your talents, not about your abilities. It's about me, Moses. By the way, you know what God did? He told Moses in chapter 4, we're not going to get there. So what's that in your hand right there? By the way, we're doing a campaign right now called What's in Your Hand? And uh, because we need to take what's in our hand and give it to God. Our talents, our abilities, there's nothing better than serving God with the abilities that you have. And every single person has a gift, a talent, and an ability. And can I tell you something? When you don't use your talent, gift, and ability to serve God in his church, you're not doing with your talent and ability what God wants you to do with your talent and ability. Because when you give your talent and ability to God for his kingdom, God puts his anointing on it. And watch the way your talent and ability works outside of the house of God. This is your place to sow the seed, to release your full potential. And when you don't sow the seed in the house of God, your potential is stifled. Moses says this. He said, what's in your hand? He said, well, that's a staff. And God says, throw it down. Throws it down and what does it turn into? Snake, right? Moses didn't go, oh, man, that's cool. Moses said, oh, man. Could you imagine that? And here's what God said. He said, he said grab it by the tail. Huh? <laughs> What's she talking about, Willis? Grab it. Grab it by the tail. Where are you supposed to grab a snake? If, you, if you're stupid enough to grab a snake, by the way, why would you want to grab a snake? Grab it by the head. Why? You grab it by the tail, it'll spring around and it'll get you. And this was a poisonous, this was a serpent. Why did God turn the staff into a snake? Because snakes were worshipped in Egypt. They were considered to be the gods of Egypt. They were the most powerful beings on the planet in Egyptian mind. And here's what God was saying to Moses. Moses, it ain't about you. Here's what it's about. It's about me, the God of all power, who is so much more powerful than anything that Egypt has got. I can take their most powerful thing and grab it by the tail and control what it does. Don't you know, Moses, it's never been about you. It'll never be about you. It's always been about me. It's the message that God wants us to grab in this course called Selfology. The fifth and final course is not much for creativity here. Advanced theology. And the lesson is, God speaking, knowing me will set you free. 
Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And Moses, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he says, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am a sent me, sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus shall you say to the children of Israel, The God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. If I go before them, God, they ask me who sent me. What am I supposed to say? He wasn't looking for a name as in a title. He was looking for a character. He was looking for, are you going to be accessible, God? Are you going to be there? What are your intentions? And God says, listen, I am who I am. I am what my record says about me. That's why God said, follow it up by telling them, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Here's what God was saying. I'm the one who took Abraham from a moon worshiper and made him into the father of many nations. I'm the one who gave Abraham a second chance when he took matters into his own hands and had an affair with his handmaiden and produced a child named Ishmael. And I'm the one who healed his heart when Ishmael had a leave. And I'm the one that gave him a child when it was impossible for him to have a child because I'm miraculous. And I'm the one who gave Sarah a child when she laughed in my face. And I'm the one who asked for that child because I wanted to be number one. And I'm the one who provided a ram in the thicket so that no harm would come to that child. And I'm the one who gave Isaac a hundredfold when he sowed in the land of famine. And I'm the one who took Jacob, who was a heel-catching, conniving, no-good trickster, and turned him into Israel, the father of the entire nations and tribes of Israel. I am who I am. My record declares who I am. What's he saying? He's saying, he's saying, he's saying, when you get to them, remind them of everything that I've always been. Remind them of all the stories. Remind them of everything that I've done in their lives and how oftentimes they've strayed. Oftentimes they gave me the cold shoulder. Oftentimes they wanted to indulge in Egypt. But even when they didn't deserve it, I showed up and I rescued them, even from themselves. Hey, everyone, we're so glad that you tuned in, and we pray that the Holy Spirit has inspired you to leave Egypt, that place of bondage, that place that you need to break free from, and enter your personal promised land, the place that God has designed for each one of us to live in in life. The life that God has designed for us is so much better than the life that we can choose for ourselves. But that begins with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you don't know where you stand with God today. Maybe you don't know what would happen to you if you were to die this moment or this second where you'd spend eternity. But God wants you to have a no-so experience with him. And that begins by giving your life to Jesus Christ. If that's you, would you pray this prayer with me right now? Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life to forgive me of my sins, I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we want to hear from you. We want to know your story. Call us at the number on the bottom of your screen. Drop us an email. Check out our website. 
But whatever you go through in life, always remember these words. With Jesus, you are destined to win. What do you do when every day seems to be a struggle? When your thoughts enslave you to small thinking? When what is promised is not your reality? What if you know that the wilderness always precedes the promised land? When you wind up in the wilderness and the devil starts acting up and stuff starts going down in your life, you'll lift your hands up and you'll say, thank you for the sign. I'm on the brink of a breakthrough and I'm ready for my promised land. I'm on the edge. Embrace your God-given purpose and begin to live in His promises with the latest resource from Pastor Frank. Exodus, entering your promised land. For your gift of $30 or more, we will send you this seven-part audio series by CD or digital download. God has a plan and a promise for His people. It's time to enter your promised land. Call to order your copy today. Pastor Frank has written several songs and wants you to be encouraged and marvel in God's greatness. Call or visit frankcentora.cc today to get your copy of Faith Worship's latest CD, Miracle. Call or visit frankcentora.cc today to get your copy of Faith Worship's latest CD, Miracle, for only $10. We hope you've been blessed by Pastor Frank's message. We're always encouraged by stories of how this ministry is changing lives. Send us your story. Email us, mystory@frankcentora.cc. Also partner with us, not just one time, but on a monthly basis. This ministry happens because of people just like you and me. When we partner together, the message of Jesus Christ goes all over the world. Give us a call or visit us online at www.frankcentora.cc. As a small token of our appreciation, we will send you the entire Exodus series free. Thank you again for watching, and I'll see you next week. If you're in the New York City or Connecticut area, we invite you to visit us at one of our locations or join us online every Sunday at faithchurch.cc live. On behalf of Pastor Frank and from all of us at Faith Church, we love you and we'll see you next week. For your gift, TBN would like to send you this unique Crown of Life keychain. Featuring large, simulated stones on top and several smaller stones around the bottom, this beautiful jewel-adorned miniature crown is a perfect place for all your keys. It's also a witness to others of God's faithfulness in your life. Send your gift to TBN, P.O. Box A, Santa Ana, California, 92711, or give online at tbn.org. Can't think of what to get your loved one for their special occasion? Make it a surprise visit to the Holy Land Experience. Your family member or friend will be thrilled to receive this loving gift. Take a look at this sweet grandma and the surprise she received. Happy birthday to the best grandma. Oh, that sweet thank you. I got you this great gift. Sorry it took so long. Smile. Always enjoy your birthday at <laughs> no, you did. No, you did. No, you did. You got me. You got all the land. Oh, God. I said, Lord, let this be the best birthday for life. I had. <laughs> Give the gift of an amazing experience with God at the Holy Land Experience in Orlando, Florida.
I'm on. Hi, I'm Pastor Steve Muncy from... Oh, that's my preacher. I, I freeze up here. I, hi, I'm Man Cal Muller. I do a radio show that's on all over America. And I'm telling you, every day you go out to the lion's den, the angels and the devils are fighting, and you've got to pick the right side. Pick God. Choose, choose the winning side. We need more good people. We need more people out there fighting the good fight. And, and remember, fear is the four-letter F word that controls the masses. Don't give in to fear. God is on your side, and you keep fighting. You're going to win. You're going to win today. Hey, my name's Adam Crabb, and I want to thank all the troops out there who have fought for our freedom. We love you, and I thank you for what you do. Coming up, get biblical principles for everyday living with Carrie Shook Ministries. Next on TBN, the number one Christian network in the world. This is the Trinity Broadcasting Network, remembering those who died for our country. I'm Pastor Carrie Shook. I'm pastor of the Woodlands Church, just outside of Houston, Texas, and we're going to be talking today how you get on the road to balance, because you're either on the road to balance, or you're on the road to burnout in life, and God wants you to be on the road to balance. My wife, Chris, and I recently taught a message at Woodlands Church that God really used in our lives and in the lives of our congregation to help us move into balance, and it's all about the 23rd Psalm. This whole series on balance is based on the most beloved and powerful psalm in the scripture, the 23rd Psalm. And maybe you've read it many times, maybe you've uh, memorized it, but we want to really dig into it because there's so many powerful truths in it that maybe you've never understood, but God wants to use it in your life because he is the good shepherd that David talks about in the 23rd Psalm. And you were made to have a life shepherd. You were made to have a life manager, someone to shepherd your schedule, to shepherd your relationships, to be the shepherd of your finances, to be the shepherd of your dreams and hopes and goals. And that's who our God is. He wants to shepherd your life. And when he shepherds your life, he provides for you, he guides you, and he directs your life. So you have the path of blessing or you have the path of burnout. God wants you to walk on the path of blessing. And we're going to tell you how right now. Whoa. As you can see, I'm balancing a shepherd's staff. Brave people in the front row. Yeah. It's waking you up. This is similar to the kind of shepherd's staff that a shepherd would use in biblical times in order to corral sheep when they were going in the wrong direction. And that's because we're starting a new series today on balance. And the real reason our lives get out of balance is we become like mindless sheep, running as fast as we can toward the edge of a cliff, all the while thinking we're on the path to happiness because it's so crowded. Our modern society is always pressuring us to go down the path everyone is going down, to think like everyone else is thinking, to do what everyone else is doing. So we race as fast as we can, we overload our schedules, we overcrowd our lives, and we don't even realize we're on the path to burnout. Hey, I really like this shepherd staff. Yeah. You know, if I brought this every week, if you went long, I could just... If I preach a little too long, you could just give me the hook. Everybody starts getting hungry. You know? Everybody's going to want one of these. Let's put this away. <laughs> I could just bring you a little closer. Oh, thank you. And then I need to hide this. You don't hit me over the head with it. That's probably bad. 
Well, in this new series on balance, we're going to be talking about one of the most loved and cherished chapters in the whole Bible, Psalm 23. And maybe you feel like, oh, Psalm 23, I've, I've heard that, I, I know that one. No, believe me, there is so much more here. Carrie and I have been digging into it recently on our own, and there's so many rich passages that are really going to help us. So I'm really excited about this, and um, we're just going to dig in together. Now, it's written by David, and David was a shepherd um, out, in the, out in the fields before he ever became king. And an indispensable tool for every Hebrew shepherd was a staff like this. And this staff was used to do a lot of things. It could be used for herding, for correction. It could take care of the sheep. Now, sheep need someone to take care of them because they are just about the dumbest animals on the planet. And they need a shepherd desperately. Unlike deer, sheep will, left to their own devices, a herd will graze in one place, just keep grazing in one patch of grass, eat all the grass, then eat all the roots, effectively destroying their own food source, and then they won't move on. They'll die there. And that's why it's really important for a sheep to have a shepherd, to have someone who will take care of them. And the shepherd will move them along, physically move them along, so that they'll find a new grazing place, new nourishment, a new place for them to, to be nourished and have food, because left to their own devices, they'll just get stuck in that same old pattern. And a lot of times... We are like sheep. I know I am. I get stuck in that same old habit pattern. I want to graze in my same old place because it feels familiar and safe and comfortable to me. I want to stay right there, and I need a good shepherd who will move me along into a better place, somewhere with fresh green pastures. We get in the habit of just staying in those same old patterns, the same old ruts, the same old sins, the same old relationship problems. They keep cropping up week after week, month after month, year after year. But we have a good shepherd who wants to move us along. We need a shepherd. We're created to need a shepherd. Just as sheep need a shepherd, we need a shepherd. Because in life, you're either on the path to balance or you're on the path to burnout. And Psalm 23 tells us the one thing that determines the path you're on. So open your Bibles to the 23rd Psalm. And would you just stand in honor of God's word? What I want to do is to read uh, the whole psalm, and we're going to overview it. We're going to look at the blessings that bring balance to our lives, and then we're going to dig into it next week, take it verse by verse, to really learn the practical aspects of how we can bring balance to our lives. So just read it out loud with me, whether you're worshiping with us at one of our satellite churches or online or through our broadcast ministry somewhere on the other side of the world, or you're right here. Uh, Just read it out loud, because we're based on God's Word, and it changes our lives. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
Dear God, I thank you that you want us to live a balanced life. And you'll never lead us down the path to burnout because you're the good shepherd. So I pray today you'd help us, guide us, direct us onto the right path. And I pray that you'd open our hearts and our eyes to see how big you are and how much you care about us. And I know there's so many hearing my voice right now that are burdened down, that are carrying some of the heaviest problems and burdens they've ever carried in their life. And I pray you'd let them know that you know what they're going through, that you understand and you care, and you have the power to change it and work a miracle in their life. We pray for miracles today through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, David, who wrote the 23rd Psalm, speaks from experience when he uses this metaphor of the sheep and the shepherd. But the psalm is not from the perspective of the shepherd, as you'd expect, with David being a shepherd. No, it's from the perspective of the sheep. Now, God is clearly the good shepherd in this chapter, so that makes us the sheep. And I can totally identify with that. Uh, Because sheep are so dependent on their shepherd. Sheep are dependent on their shepherd for every breath, every moment, for their safety, their security, for provision, everything in their lives. They're dependent. And in the same way, we're totally dependent on God, whether we acknowledge it or not, every moment of every day. He is all that sustains us all the time. And so the real secret to getting off the path to burnout and getting that real change in your life, finding balance, is to first make Christ the shepherd of your life. You were made to have a life shepherd. You were made to have a life manager, a shepherd of your schedule, a shepherd of your time, a shepherd of your goals and dreams, a shepherd of your relationships, a shepherd of your finances, a shepherd of your career. You were made to have a shepherd of your life. And so what I want us to look at is, What Psalms 23 tells us are the blessings that bring balance to our lives when we allow Christ to be the shepherd of our life. The first is provision. David says in verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I really like the way the Living Bible paraphrase puts verse 1. It says, Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. When Christ is your shepherd, you don't wander after your wants because he gives you everything you truly need the things that satisfy your soul. Now, sheep think they know what they need, but they don't know what they need. What they want is not really what they need. What they want is to stay in the same patch of grass. The herd wants to stay right there, and they don't want to move along. What they want is to stay right there, but that's not what they need because they would die. They would destroy their own food source. So what they need is the shepherd to push them along out of that comfort zone, out of that familiar patch of pasture. And so many times what I want is not what I need. There have been many times in my life where I've really prayed for God to open a certain door. I think, God, that's what I need. If you'll give me this, open this certain door, this opportunity. God, if you'll just do this, I know that's what I need. And God shuts the door in my face. And then years later I look back and I go, God, thank you that you didn't allow me to walk through that door. That would have been so dumb. And the second thing that he promises is restoration. Not only does God promise us provision, but if I make Christ the shepherd of my life, he gives me restoration. In the first part of verse 3, it says, He restores my soul. And some of you are busier than you've ever been, but you're losing touch with your soul. Your soul is drying up. 
You're running on fumes. Your emotional tank is on empty. And if you make Christ the shepherd of your life, or if you allow him to be the shepherd of your life, he'll fill you up. He'll restore your soul. He'll recharge your emotions. He'll restore your damaged emotions. He'll bring restoration to your life. But not only provision restoration, if I make Christ the shepherd of my life, he gives me direction. Direction. The next part of verse 3 says, he leads me. When Christ is my shepherd, he leads me along the right path. He gives me wisdom to make the right decision. We're going to talk about that in this series. We're going to break these things down, talk about them in this series, because of the antidote to stress in overcrowded, overloaded lives. We're going to talk about how to make good decisions, because the psalmist has a lot to say about that. God wants to give you his direction and lead you down his path, and his path never leads to burnout. Come out right now. Yeah, I can look at the path you're on, and I can tell you where it's going to end up. That's where that path always ends up. God doesn't want you to be on the path to burnout. He wants to restore your soul. He wants to give you his put you on the right path. But many times we're paralyzed by indecision. Indecision and no decision can be worse than a, bad, a wrong decision. We're going to look at how to... How to get God's direction. The Good Shepherd lead us. But then there's protection. This, in verse 5, as you prepare a table before me, the presence of my enemies. Now, sheep have a lot of enemies, and they're helpless to protect themselves against their predators. So the shepherd has to protect the sheep from all the predators. The shepherd has to be constantly on watch. Now, the shepherd has the staff to guide, to direct, to correct, to provide for the sheep. But he also has a rod. And the rod is smaller than the staff, and many times it was heavier. For 40 feet, didn't kill a wolf. But, and many shepherds were... Psalms 23 says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Comforting to the sheep to know that the shepherd is there with weapons to protect. And it's comforting to me to know that God is there to protect me. And the safest place you can ever be is in the middle of God's will. Well, I want you to see the second thing, though, I've got to do. If I'm going to balance my life, I have to make Christ the shepherd of my life, but then I need to make time to nourish my soul. In verses 2 and 3, it says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet water. He refreshes my soul. Underline those phrases, lie down in quiet water. Doesn't that sound just so nice, so refreshing, to lie down beside quiet water? You see, he's talking about slowing down. And that is so hard to do for so many of us. It's hard to slow down because you feel like everybody else is getting ahead if we slow down. So if everybody else is going to be getting ahead, I better constantly keep running to keep up and so that's what we do and some of you are running harder than you've ever run before you're racing faster than you've ever raced your schedule is more packed and overloaded than it's ever been and then you wonder why you feel empty when you put your head on the pillow at night you wonder why you just feel like you're constantly running on fumes 
That's because withering is soul is seeking to be watered and nourished and satisfied. But we slow down. So I'm going to let you in on a really key secret. And if you can what you are going to have your life changed. Guarantee it. The secret to a balanced life. Here it is. The secret to a balanced life, according to Scripture, is... By slowing down and spending time with God, spending time in a... David said... My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to the word. God's word nourishes our souls. It's food for our faith. It's what we need. You know, C.S. Lewis, in one of the favorite, my favorite quotes ever, said, you don't have a soul. So important to remember. Everything we do in our lives is based on the outward. You know, it's, it, it's busy and running, and we feel like if we stop the action, if we are still, then we don't see any productivity from it on the outside. It doesn't really count. When in reality, the exact opposite is true. It's by being still that we actually create the most balance, the most productivity, the most value in our lives. It's just by getting still. So, Carrie and I really encourage you to make that commitment. Start with a start today. And spend a daily quiet time with God. I used to think that this was something really mystical. You know, some of you may not have grown up in church, and I didn't. I didn't know what this was. It sounded kind of. I, I don't really know what that is. So maybe I better stay away from that. Uh, but the truth is, it's it's really the most practical and simple thing that you could ever do. It's just sitting down for 10 or 20 minutes with God's Word every day. You know, find a time and a place that works for your schedule. Spend time with God. It just, I try to find a place that's quiet and be alone and then just spend some time reading God's Word. And then, you know, listen to Him. See what He has to say to you. I keep a notebook and I just write down what God says. I figure if the creator of the universe tells me something, it's probably worth writing down. I'll write down my thoughts. If I have questions, that's okay. You know, I'll write them down. But... Somehow, some way, God will make that space in your life when you make the commitment. I really believe that. You know, you may be thinking, well, you know what? I am the parent of young children, and there's never a time. Believe me, if I had time when I was alone or quiet, then I'd be so excited, but it doesn't happen for me. Well, I get that. You know, when our four children were little, I'd say, okay, God, if you really want me to spend time with you, you're going to have to find the time. And somehow, some way, he would always work it out where I could, even if it was for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. God would work it out. But it always started with me making a decision, a commitment that I was going to do that. Then the time opened up. In Mark 8, 36, Jesus said, What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Say, what good is it for you to climb the ladder of success and make it to the top, but never have a relationship with Christ? What good is it to become the president of your company, but lose your family? What good is it to build a big bank account but to be bankrupt in your soul? Put a priority on your soul. Then there's a third thing I have to do, and that's make decisions based on God's call, not others' agendas. In verse 3, 
the next part of the verse, it says, He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. When Christ is my shepherd, I learn to listen to his voice in my heart and follow his call. We're going to talk about how do you recognize God's voice? How do you recognize the shepherd's voice? How do you follow him and how do you, how do you let him guide you in life? So I really believe one of the reasons our lives get so overcrowded and out of balance is because we let other people's agendas control our time. Everyone else tries to tell you what's most important for you. But really, God is the one who can tell us what's most important for us. You can't please everyone. You can please the audience of one. And that audience of one, Jesus Christ, will not lead you down the path to burnout. And if your life is overcrowded, your schedule is overloaded, God didn't do that. That's not the path God wants you to be on. He will not lead you down the path of burnout. He'll lead you down the path of productivity. He'll lead you down the path of provision. He'll lead you down the path of significance, but never burnout. That's not the path he wants you to be on. In Mark 1.35, it says, Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him, and they said, Everyone's looking for you. So the disciples were saying, Jesus, where were you? Man, we all need you. Jesus, where were you? We've got to be able to get in touch with you. If it would have been today, they would have said, Jesus, why didn't you have your cell phone on, man? What's the deal? But Jesus said no to nonstop accessibility. Why? Because he didn't care about his friends? No, he loved the disciples. He said no so he could say yes to nourishing his soul. And there are a lot of things you've got to start saying no to, a lot of good things you have to say no to in order to say yes to the very few God things that are in your life. You say no to some good things to say yes to the God things. There are many things that I could do, many opportunities that Chris and I have. There are many things that many people want us to do, but there are only a few things God calls us to do. And you've got to be able to cut out some of the good things to add in the God things. And we're going to talk about that in the series. But folks, the real reason we don't allow Christ to be the shepherd of our lives is we try to solve our problems without him because we forget two things. Number one, how big God is. And number two, how much he cares. I'm so thankful that this world is just stuffed with reminders of how big God is. Just this week, we came across this picture that uh, astronomers with NASA captured. They're calling it the Hand of God. It's a star that exploded some 17,000 light years away, and it's the pulsar wind nebula of this dying star and the cloud of material that's left over. But it reminds me of Psalm 8, verses 3 and 4. When I look up, into the night skies and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you've made. I cannot understand how you can bother with mere puny man to pay any attention to him. You see, David, who wrote this, is saying, God, I feel overwhelmed when I look up at the night sky. Now remember, David was a shepherd, so you know he spent a lot of time at night out under the stars. And he said, I feel utterly overwhelmed when I look up at the trillions of stars and just fathom the vastness of the universe, and then I think, wait, and you, God, care about me? You care about every detail of my life? When I look at this jaw-dropping, mind-blowing universe, I just think, how can it be? 
How can it be, God, that you care about me? But he does. God is crazy about you. He is crazy in love with you. And don't you think that the God who put the stars in place in the sky, the one who holds the earth on its axis, the one who created everything and finds a perfect balance in this universe, don't you think that he can manage balancing your life? He's waiting, ready, there with open arms to take over, to be your good shepherd. So let's let him this year. Let's start today as a church and really go down his path. Let's really embrace and run in the path that he has for us, that great path not to burn out, but to a life that's more full than we ever have dreamed, imagined or dreamed of. That's what he has waiting for us. So remember how big God is and then remember how much God cares. Because there's no problem in your life that is too big for God to handle. And there's no problem so small that he doesn't care about it. He cares about every detail of your life. And that's why in John 10:11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He loves us so much that he gave his life for us and shed his blood so that we could have forgiveness, so we could have heaven one day, and so we could have purpose as we follow a good shepherd. So the reason why... We forget to let Christ be the shepherd of our lives is we forget how big he is and we forget how much he cares. Hope you really enjoyed the message today. It's so crucial that we get on the path to balance because as I said in life, you're either on the path to burnout or the path to balance. And this message series that my wife and I did is one of the most important we've ever done because today everyone is living overcrowded lives Their schedules are overloaded, and they're working harder than ever. They're busier than ever, but it's like they have an overarching purpose. I'm about to change phones. Got to take out of school. Okay.
Yellow. Yellow. Good morning. What's up, Brother Richardson? Hey, man, Brother Paul. I'm riding down the, down the road with a suit on. <laughs> you said what? I'm riding down the road with a suit on. Oh. <laughs> on your countdown, you know, how many more days you got? Oh, after the day three. Hallelujah! Here for a while. What's, what's her name? Maria, let me get coming here. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Out Monday, go back to Tuesday, Thursday. Tell Morgan, don't be jealous while she's sitting over there. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> don't be jealous because you got a lot more days in here. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I'm, my muscles are so dog I'm talking about. I, I'm hurting like a mug. I'm hurting like a mug. You been skating again or something? Huh? You been no, skating no, again? No, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. We have graduation today, so. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, you know I'm over there, so I had to do all that decorating and printing programs and doing the certificates and getting the line up and keeping the larger stuff. It's just, I'm just tired. Just, he, he told me not to go to work yesterday. In fact, the hospital called to see how I was feeling. My dad was like, he's not here. I'm like, he needs to check you out. Yeah. Not with anybody. <laughs> and it's early. It's the graduation at 9 o'clock. Oh, wow. 9 o'clock this morning? Early. Yes. 9 <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. Hurry up and get him out of there. <laughs> I was about to say, getting it over with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Take him on with you. That's my point. <laughs> hey. what it I, got a, I got a few that want to cut my throat. What'd you say? I have a few that want to slice the throat. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and get this puppy started. Go ahead and open up. All righty. So, uh, I said, go ahead and get the puppy started. I want to open up the prayer. Okay. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come before your presence, Lord, and we enter into your throne room of grace and mercy in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you, O Lord God, that you have given us the opportunity to live life to its fullest, Lord God, and to live within your realms of, 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 of worship and praise. 
Father God, we thank you, Lord God, that you kept us, watch over us last night, and we thank you, Lord God, that you have given us the activity of our limbs. We thank you, Lord God, that once again we can come into your presence, Lord God, with a heart of thanksgiving, Lord God, to receive the blessings and the mercy and the grace that only you can give, God, the peace that surpasses understanding. Even as this morning um, sermon said, Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, that you have given us allowed us to lie down in green pastures, Lord God. You have given us all that we need. Our cups are definitely running over, Lord God, so with the fullness of your joy. Father God, we ask you to be with us throughout this day to cover us and guide us, Lord God, to lead us in the way that only you can lead us, Lord God, and protect us from all danger seen and unseen. Father, we ask you to bind up the attack of the enemy and anything that will hinder or impede your will from being done with our lives. Father God, we come before you, Lord God, with a heart of thanksgiving, Lord God, because our faith looks up to you, Lord God, knowing that any prayer or anything that we ask in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you have already granted it. We thank you, Lord God, for the assembly of the saints, Lord God, who are able to just praise and worship your holy name, Lord God. We ask you, Lord, to give them a fresh anointing, Lord God, anointing of that Holy Spirit that comes from on high, Lord God, so we can come and just sing hallelujah to your, your precious and righteous name. Father God, we thank you that you loved us so much that you gave your only begotten Son, Lord God, saying that in your scriptures teaches that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So in the name of Jesus, Lord God, speak life into our tired bodies, Lord God. Speak life into our restless soul. Speak life into our situation, Lord God. Speak life into our finances, into our families, into everything that we do, God. We ask you to speak life into it, Lord God. For the word teaches us, Lord God, that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And, Father God, we should not die, but we shall live by the power from on high. We shall live by the anointing that only you can give. We thank you, O oh God, that we have these prayer warriors on this call. Felicia, Sam, Maria, Erica, Cheryl, Sherry, Louie, all these people who come on come the call each and every day, Renee, to seek your holy and righteous name, Lord God, that you are in the midst of this call. For the word teaches us, Lord God, that anything that well, when two or three together together, that you will be in the midst. So, Father God, we come against the attack of Satan right now. We bind it up right now. We send it back into the pits of hell from which he comes, Lord God. For he is a liar. He is a deceiver. He has no dominion over our lives. He has no no privilege to the praise that we can give to you. So, Lord God, we praise your name. Lord God, we bless your name. We glorify your name for you alone are worthy of all the glory, honor, and the praise. Lord God, we ask you to show up the desires of the heart. And, Lord God, first of all, we make you the most first the most desirable of our heart, and that is to worship and praise your holy name, to live righteous within you, to live righteous in your word, to study your word, that your word will be in our heart, Lord God. For even David said, your word have I, have I hidden in our heart that I may not transgress against thee. So, Father God, we just bring your word back forth before you this morning. We just give honor and glory and praise unto you, Lord God. We pray for those who are not saved, Lord God, that they too are developed a desire to seek you, Lord God, first and foremost, 
in everything that they do, that they will seek your will and your way, Lord God, that their spirit will align up with your spirit as well as our spirit line up with yours as well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Ooh, little boy, little Ora <laughs> Oh, yes, 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 Father, we praise you, Lord. We give you the glory, Father. We give you the praise, Lord. We seek you, Holy Spirit. We seek your presence and your anointing. We seek you, Lord. Sorandeke mm. shandeke. We seek you, Lord. Dora shandekeke. We seek you, Lord. Dora shandekeke. We seek you, Lord. Dora shandekeke. We seek you, Lord. We seek you, Lord. We seek you, Lord. We seek you, Father. 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 We seek your presence, Lord. We seek your anointing. We seek you, Lord. We seek you, Father. Mm. Mm. Yes, Lord. We seek you, Lord. Mm. The presence of God. Yes, 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 yes. The anointing of God. Yes, Lord. The strength of God. I get a full the peace yeah. of God, the character of God, yes, Lord, peace be still. Yes. Peace. Be still. Speak to the storms in our life and say, Peace, be still. Speak to our hurt, our pain. Yes, say, Peace, be still. Speak to our problems. In the name of Jesus. Receive it. Walk in it. 
As the word of God is growing and increasing and enlarging in him. Holy Spirit, continue to hold on to this man of God. Continue to carry him where you want him to go. That he can go forth and do all that you want him to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Thank you, God. Thank you for praying for me. Morning, Pete. How y'all living? Pretty good, my dear. Pretty good. Good morning. 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 So you on the oh you at work? Yeah, I said I was listening to you all on the computer. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. oh you decided to chime in earlier today, huh? Well, you know, I, I'm always on the computer by six thirty or seven o'clock. As soon as I walk in here, I'm listening. Yeah, I have to pray about calling him because he's been doing a whole lot of stuff lately. So I was like, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and do my prayer. Okay. Don't want to stop the flow. Thank you, God. Gracious God. Shaitana Mokoshi Tasara, Koshitara Hasida, Koshitara Mokoshi Tasara, Keshitara Hasida Mokoshara, Keshitara Mokoshi Tasara, Koshitara Mokoshara, 
Gracious Lord, our Father, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for this new day. We thank you for the the new opportunities, Lord. It could have been a different way for this day, and we thank you for blessing us and ordaining things to be the way that you say it should be and not the way that man deems it to be. Lord, we thank you for the blessings that you have bestowed upon each and every one of our lives that we're able to utter your name, worship and praise you, Lord, to bless you, Lord, and we come together this morning to thank you for your sovereignty, to thank you for your power, Lord, and thanking you for looking beyond our fears. And looking behind, look, looking beyond our ignorance, our lack of knowledge, but Lord, that you're able to just endow your spirit upon each and every one of us. Lord, we seek you this morning for direction. We seek you, Lord, this morning for information. Lord, we seek you for love. We seek you for comfort. We seek you for understanding where we don't have any. Lord, and we just lift our hands to you this morning. Lord, I pray for pressure for ministries, Lord. We're thanking you for your word as it is the root and as it <clears throat> continues to permeate through us so, Lord, that we seek you on a diligent and daily basis. We thank you for the fact that you have allowed us to have such a venue that we can come together in understanding, Lord, that we're coming together in love and in harmony, Lord, to bring about your word so that we can understand what our purpose is in you. Lord, we ask that you continue to allow your light to shine upon us, Lord, that we continue to look to you, but, Lord, even more so, allow your light to shine within us that as we walk this walk, that the lives that we touch, Lord, and that the lives that cross our path, they see you and see your will and to see your word. Lord, thank you for allowing us to stand boldly. Lord, I also like to let the prayership and ministry's families, Lord, asking that you continue to strengthen them, Lord, and that you continue to guide their footsteps and direct their path. I lift my family before you this morning, Lord, thanking you for them, Lord, and I ask that you continue to strengthen them. Lord, give them the courage to stand on your word. Give them the courage to move forward in your word. And, Lord, and I thank you that for their growth and their desire to know you for themselves. Lord, I ask a special prayer for the Mathis household this morning, Lord, the Mathis Thinkford household. Lord, asking that you cover God and direct us. Only you know how. Lord, where there may be dismay, where there may be understanding, where there may be sorrow, Lord, I ask that you replace it with your will of joy and understanding. In your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 
Raheem Powell. Hold on, first you go six, 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 you go six. Hold on, six, you go six, you go six. She like you, trifle. Hold on, six, you go 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 six. Hold on, six, you go 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 six. Hold on, six, you go 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 six, Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I knew Ariel. I don't know why. It's just, I'm so crazy. That's okay. 
That's okay, because Mathis was my maiden name, and that's when I had Trey. That's when I got out of school. Uh, you, you yeah, I'm here. I'm in the doctor's office, so I'm just gonna be on mute just a little bit for a little bit with my daughter. Um, but I'll be back to do my list. It's just that I can't do much right now. Um, I do have a little small devotion I want to share. That uh, um, when I get back on, but I'm gonna mute because I'm in the office with her, and I will be back on. But you doing okay, Arthur? I'm doing well. I'm just a little still, a little stiff and sore, but I'm praising the Lord anyway. Well, praise Him anyhow. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things that we take for granted, um, the small things, the small blessings that He does give us. So thank God for it. Could have been worse. So thank God for that. Mm, yeah, the blessing. Thank the Lord. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, you know, I'm going. Uh-huh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, in my spirit, I just, I just, I, I just heard, hear you coming in, and when, when, when Sam and, and uh, Erica was praying and lifting you up, and I, mm-hmm. I just heard that song early this morning when I rose that oh, I, I didn't have a doubt. your spirit. I didn't have no doubt that no. the Lord was gonna take care of you. Oh yes, oh yes. yes the yes, word is yes. a lamp up to my feet and a light unto my path. Yes. So I won't complain. I'll just stand and stand there for and believe that he is good and his mercy endures forever. So I'm going to get back on it. I'm not going to be on mute for a minute, but uh, praise the Lord. You know, let everything right. have breath, praise the Lord, and that's what I'm going to do um, in and out of season. Yeah, do my good or do my bad. Mommy, yeah, with me. I'm coming. All right, I'm going to go mute, y'all. All right, I'm going to mute. All right. Um, I got Victor. Brianna Little G, Haradokoshe, Shirakandaran Rokoshe, Shirakandan Rokoshe, Shirakandan Rokonan 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 Go to the 
the Tolan family. Hot up, got up, shit, got up, 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 got Portugal, <laughs> Father, 
Jerry Wade Jr., Georgia Cotton, Lisa Jones, Robert Blake, Sharon Michael Drake, Nathan Parking Lot, Kavon Cotton, Tommy Senior, Sam McKinnon, Elizabeth, Jamila, Kenzie Anderson, Jesse, Patricia Army, Glory, Dan, Zanna Dickerson, Sarah Fisher, the 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 Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I'm on mute. I'm uh, I don't know if oh, I okay. want to do that list. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do mine. I'm doing mine. Okay. Dear most precious and eternal Father God, as I bow before your throne of grace and mercy, 
your grace and mercy that brings us through, God. I thank you for today that we have never seen this day before, God. I thank you for the newness of our lives as you have so graciously blessed us with the newness of each day, God, to say thank you. God, as I bow before your throne of grace and mercy with thanksgiving always in my heart, God, I lift up to you to stick and shut in. Each and every day as we breathe, God, we pray that you will continue to heal us from within, God, and touch us and meet us in our need of our sicknesses, God. So right now, God, I lift up the facets to you, God. I lift up the facets from my heart to your ears, God. Hear the cries of your people, God, and continue to move on their lives and heal them in your way, not our way, but heal them in your way to that you see fit that they need to be healed. I continue, and I pray that you continue to gird us up with the strength of the giants to continue to press on to see what the end's going to be, God. I'm not only praying for them, I'm praying for myself as well because we all got the trials and tribulations that we're going through, God. I have a trial and tribulation, tribulation trial that I'm going through, and I know that this will only make me stronger and draw closer to you for the divine healing that I need. So right now I'm going to thank you for the victory in advance because the victory is already won in you. So thank you, God. And as I continue to lift them up, God, I continue to ask you to grant them peace that surpasses all understanding. It's nothing like having the peace. God. Thank you, God, for hearing the cries of your daughter right now from her own, from her heart, from her spirit. Because I know you're a keeper of my soul, and I'm going to continue to look to the hills from which comes my help. Because all my help comes from you, and I don't take that breath. It is in Jesus' name I honor to submit this prayer to you, and I say thank you so very much, Lord, and I say Amen, Amen, and Amen. I want to live so, God can use me anywhere, so, anytime. I'm going to live so, God can use me anywhere, anytime. Amen. I do have a word to share. Oh, of course, you know I do. Godly character, well, Lord, I can't share it right now, but um, I would share it momentarily. I um, I I mean, I read I read um the scripture um lesson this morning is your word is a light, a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Psalms one nineteen one hundred five. When we when we when we when I read the scripture, your word is a lamp. Shows me that God is the light of my life. And without him I'm walking in darkness. Without him being the lamp, the word, his word, the word the Bible, the the biblical instructions before leaving earth, without that, we're walking in darkness. Because God is the word, and where was God, and where was God? 
So, therefore, if I don't have that lamp in my life, I'm walking in darkness. So I thank God for, for being that lamp in our lives and that light in our path that we can always lean and depend on for whatever we need, whatever we want, and whatever we desire for him, for, for us, for him, for, for us to have. So keep on looking towards that light, that light of guidance, that light that's going to shine on our fruit of the spirit and grow. You know how a plant needs light to grow? We need that lamp that's going to cover hover our, our fruits of the spirit so it can grow. We can till our soil of, heart, of, the, of obedience in our harvest of our spirits because they are the fruits that's within us, along with the mustard seed. So we continue to till that soil of the fruits of the spirit because I'm going to dwell there because I, those, those fruits of the spirit I have, and we all have them embedded in, embedded in us. So all we got to do is look to that light that shines to make those seeds of, of, seeds of the spirit grow. I use that plant analogy because plant needs light and water. And to be fed. So we need the word and God to seed our fruits of the spirit and the mustard seed that we have within. Amen. I couldn't get to my devotional, so I took the scripture <laughs> and I found it on it. Thank you so very much for hearing. And let the ears be heard, your word today, God. I pray that it blesses someone and meet them in their time of need. In Jesus' name, I do submit this prayer. Amen. And this devotional. And this minister, minister moment. Amen. Now I'm going to mute.
Alright, I'm going to go uh, try to finish my list while. Sitting uh, refuge, shadow question, little negotiation, the gun brush, little session, the session, the session, the session, the gun of Rabaka, for a session of the 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 session um, Sarka. <laughs> Joyce Mason, Alex Thompson, Elliot, Chris Foster. I gotta go to Home Depot. You still take Vince Sands if you want to. I gotta go to Home Depot alone. So still take Vince Sands if you want to. Uh, Joyce Mason, Alex Thompson, Elliot, and Chris Foster. Rose <laughs>
parents on the negotiation
Okay, what else we got? Deceased in hospice, congregations in churches. Now you don't have to go all the way over there. Now you don't have to go all the way over there. Just wait, just wait. Go. Prisoners, <laughs> Um, I said, everybody, we got 
pressure to ministries and families that can shut in unsaved. These hospitals abuse addiction. So I got going to go share go dead, go dead, go dead, go dead, go dead, go dead. But a brand new session, go 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 session, Okay. So, um, can't get reading till I get to the house, which will be about 20 minutes. So, anybody got any prayer requests, anything? You say you going to finish the reading? Oh, not that one. No, no, we're going to do the other book, which is Friday. We do light on Friday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> look, I'll just, look, I'll just get ready to say I'm headed to the docks. I guess I'll be... <laughs> <laughs> nah, we, mm, nah, 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 nah. We're we going, look, it's a shame when you got to, the other material out. This is light reading for us. We're going to do that one. We're going to pick that one back up on Monday. Like We we got like a paragraph. Ah. That was about it. Boy, I ain't man. You already know how I feel. Sure, okay. My spirit been preached all week. Just, yep. Yeah, turn right here. Yep, yep, yep. I'm I'm headed in the lows now. Nobody got me. I got like I just prayer request now. I want to get home and do the reading. Well, I got a prayer request. Uh, um, what you want to do, Brian Scarecrow? Yeah. Because, you know, the one I got works. Sometimes it overworks. Mm. Mm. What's your prayer request here? Uh, my prayer request is that... Um, Basically, that my, my strength in God, my strength in Christ, to be able, you know, I guess in in the things in the areas of life that He's leading me to, you know, I guess it's the just the strength and the wherewithal to endure and stand. <laughs> I need some perseverance, some press on, press on, press on. Alrighty there. Yeah. Let me pray for my sister Erica. 
mind you'll see the look I'm going to get while I walk in the low praise and worship from God to speak in the spirit. <laughs> I feel you. Okay. And when the day I was praying, Ilma happened to walk in because, you know, I closed my door. Mm-hmm. And um, she, walk, she walked in while I was in the middle of praying for somebody. I don't know who it was. She walked in. She heard me. She walked right back out. <laughs> hey, well, you know. <laughs> if you so desire, Lord, if you so desire, amen is all I can say. Okay. Hey. All right, my sister, let me just do a Yes, 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 Father. He's telling you to trust your strength in him. He says your strength in him is unique. And and it's much more than you recognize. Hey, but you got to trust it. We and we I think we were talking about this yesterday. It was coming up, you know, we we're talking about trusting God so much and so often. And I'm gonna say it like this, we also have to learn how to trust in what God has bestowed in us. We have to learn how to just trust the, the things he's been teaching us. Like he'll teach us things, he'll show us things and he'll say, Okay, now I'm going off to the next lesson. But in what I've shown you, you walk in that. What I've been teaching you, you walk in that. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. He's saying trust it. He's saying trust it. He's been showing you, teaching you, instructing you, carrying you, and you've been learning. You've been paying you've been paying detailed instruction. You ain't been half stepping. Now he's saying trust and what he's been showing and caring, you just trust it. And watch it bear much fruit. Mm, my God, yes, Jesus. Watch it bear much fruit. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, Lord, I got to praise you right now for what you're doing in my sister, Father. I've got to give you the glory for what you're doing in my sister, Lord, huh? as you're carrying her, as you're strengthening her, as you're revealing to her higher to what she did to the Holy Spirit, I thank you, Father. As she continues to seek out your word and step out on it, Lord, and apply the things that you've been putting in her life, Lord. She's been applying the, the, the instructions you've been giving her. She's applying the word that you've been giving her, Lord. She's been walking in the course of what you've been calling her to do. But, Father, God, help her to continue to press on in you, Christ Jesus. 
In you, Christ Jesus. In you, Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, yes. Just continue to, to, to increase. Continue to, to strengthen. Continue to anoint her. Thank you, Lord. Just continue to bless her abundantly, Father. I'm good. Just continue to just speak life into her heart, Father, so she can just receive that which you want her to have. Let her not pull back, but trust in what you're doing. Holy Spirit, just continue to speak life into her. Shut it up the dead. Thank you, Father. Continue to put the force of your anointing inside of her spirit, Father, so she can she the force that will go forth to do the great and amazing things you called her to do. For she is your blessed child. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Anybody else got a prayer request? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Is that Renee? That's me. How you doing? I'm doing fine, honey, Graham. How you doing? Ah, I'm doing great. Can't complain. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I don't want to hear no complaints today anyway. Complaint department is closed. Uh, well, let me pray for the honey ground. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. Alrighty. Getting hungry too. Lord, let me lift up her name. Father God, I want to lift up Renee and her family. Mm-hmm. 
Holy Spirit continue to speak to her. Her family, help them all come in one accord, Lord. Help them all come in one accord, Holy Spirit, as you continue to touch them. As you continue to anoint them. I speak life in that family, Father. Unity in that family, Lord. Peace in that family, Lord, to the right. Peace in that family, Father. As your word begins to rise up inside of them, Let them begin to understand your ways, Lord. Let them begin to understand your path and your pattern. As your word permeates, as your word increases, as your word anoints, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to just continue to speak, heal, direct whatever needs to be done as the strength of God flows in and through them. Let them not pull back, but trust you as the blessings of God go forth. They will see you in another way. This is Hoss's connections and sense for whichever one you want to take. They will see you in another way. They will understand you in another way than they have before. As you are moving throughout that family as a unit, Lord. And you are increasing in that family as a unit, Lord. Carry them to a greater level of understanding and relationship with you. Christ Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you like those two things I sent you through text yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. So it's interesting, my dear. That's nice. Huh? I said I, I saw that. I read that, my dear. Okay. Anybody else want prayer? Oh, 
I'm hungry. What y'all got to eat? I had salmon and grits this morning. How about yourself? You said you what? I had salmon and grits this morning. How about you? Mm. I ain't even had my juices yet. I started my vitamin thing and left it on the table. So, brother, like, man, what's going on? Like, Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Thinking about if I want to throw something on the grill this weekend, girl. All right, all right. Throw something on the grill so my mother can freeze it the next day. (laughs) Well, it was pretty good last night. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was pretty good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. We bought a pizza. We didn't even know how you eat pizza the next day. Dad, I was in the freezer. What you say? It'd be in the freezer before you close your eyes, dude? Okay. I just left and shake my head. Okay. Whatever. Well, at least she's preserving it for you. It won't spoil you. You do have an opportunity to eat it again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Speaking of opportunities, we got that thing Sunday. Probably gonna have something later on today. I ain't talked to Pastor yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's been um ministering a lot on the other line. So that's why he's not on now. So I said, well, you know, I I think it's best we set something up later on anyway. Oh, okay. But once I talk to him, then we'll go from there. Did you um, pray for your friend that answered his calling or that accepted his calling? Yeah, what? Pray for your friend that accepted his calling. Ain't on the list. That's about it. <laughs> I'm, hey, mm-hmm. I'm just going to laugh at you, man. That's all. <clears throat> okay. You go over there and give me a thing too much. His name on the list. He get his prayer. Mm-hmm. David, I pray for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Hmm. One, one stop all the stuff. Oh, it used to be a um, burglar alarm place. Used to be a what? At the auto shop, it used to be a burglar alarm place. It was kind of big back in the day. Oh. Yeah, I do some meat, might do some burgers or something. Nothing like playing recipes. The things uh-huh. look different. Maybe I could do something churchish. Mm. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> 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 
and he sees all areas and all facets. So I'm gonna just say the commander because it might not be the general, but you all understand what I'm saying. And and it's to understand that as as you grow in Christ, you begin to see him orchestrating different things and doing different things, and you just sit back and go, mm, okay, I kind of saw you. That's mm. he begins to show and tell you different things. You just begin to, and it helps you to stay more at peace and to. Trust and sit in the what's the challenge is is to walk in his time and in his way, let him do what he's trying to do. I mean, okay, like I was talking about the battle, you got troops A, B, C, and D, and he might need troop D to go first, as you know, for whatever's going on. Okay, go ahead. You good. You might need troop to troop D to go first and whatever's going on rather than troop A because he's seeing the whole thing and then at the time he said, Okay, not send troop C. You know, and your your I understand you might say, Well troop A needs to go first He said, No, I'm sending troop D first because I recognize what's going on. And and you know, I'm the one that's orchestrating it. So it's just I just say that to say, you know, I'm just beginning to see God moving in a systematic way dealing with things. And I just go, hmm, kind of lined up with what I thought. All righty then. Mm. It's just interesting. That's all I got to say. <coughs> well, we're home, so I'm going to the house, switch phones. I've been listening to a couple of songs, and then... um.
Discussion among the disciples as to which of them should be counted the greatest in this kingdom. Jesus was the, about the, the okay, counted the greatest in this kingdom. Jesus was about to establish. Jesus told them, "Whoever desired greatness, let them first be a servant." Then Jesus got up, wrapped a towel around himself, and began to wash their feet, illustrating what he had just explained. Then Jesus said to them, "You call me Lord and Master, and you're right, I am." If I'm your Lord and Master, and I wash your feet, you should be willing to do the same for one another. I've shown you the servant is not greater than his master, neither is messenger greater than the one who sent the message. If you know and understand these things, it will bring you happiness to do them. I'm telling you, whoever receives who I see and receives me, whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. And all this, Jesus was alluding to the fact that once he was gone, there will be those continuing to carry this message of love and redemption throughout the world. Those of us who believe the message and receive him also receive the Father God who sent him. They ended the evening with a song and went out to the Mount of Olives. There they followed Jesus to a garden called Gethsemane, where he took Peter, James, and John aside with him and went to pray. But this was no ordinary prayer meeting. Unlike times past, this night Jesus went into deep sorrow and heaviness. The reality of what he was about to do began to set in. He was about to allow himself to take the most horrible punishment imaginable for crimes he never committed. He was about to die for the sins, crimes against God of a world that didn't even know who he was. His anguish was so great, he literally sweat so much blood and fell to the ground where he knelt. At one point, he prayed there would be some other way to accomplish this task, saving mankind. But in the final analysis, Jesus submitted his will to the will of the Father that the plan for mankind's redemption would be completed. No man takes my life, I lay it down. Luke 22 and 24, and there was also strife among them, which of them should be accounted to the greatest. John 13, 4 and 5, he rises from supper and lay aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel where he was girded. John 13, 13 through 20, you call me Lord and Master and Lord, and ye say, well, for so am I. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than the Lord, neither is he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. If I speak not of you all, I know whom I have chosen, but that scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it come, that when it is come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth me, who, he that receiveth whomever I send, receiveth me, and he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. And when they had sung on him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. They came to a place which is marked named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, See ye here while shall I pray. And he taketh with him Peter, James, and John, and began to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy. And he said unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here, watch and pray. And it just says, watch. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. 
and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling to the ground. When Jesus finished praying, he came and found his disciples sleeping. He woke them up, saying, The time had come. His betrayer was at hand. At that point, Judas showed up with the officers sent by the religious leaders to arrest Jesus. Since it was night, they weren't sure which one was Jesus. Judas had told them to arrest the one he kissed. Judas was able to lead the officers to the garden because he knew this was a place where Jesus often prayed. Once they found him, Judas cried, Master, Master, and kissed him. At that point, Peter drew his sword and cut off one of the man's ear. Jesus told Peter to put away his sword and reached out and healed the man's ear, still displaying nothing but love and compassion. Jesus turned to his betrayer and said, Judas, you betrayed the Son of Man with a kiss. No man takes my life. I lay it down. Jesus is arrested and the disciples flee. Matthew 26, 40, 26, 47 through 52, and then 56. And while he had spake, lo, Judas 1 and 12 came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now when he betrayed them, gave them a sign, saying, Whomever I should kiss, the same as he, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Fred, Friend, wherefore art thou come? He then came in, laid hands on Jesus, and took him. And behold, one of them which was Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant and high priest and smoke off his ear. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into its place, for all that they take this sword should perish with the sword. But all this was done that the scriptures and prophets might be fulfilled, and all the disciples forsook him and fled. All right, then. Okay, so we're talking about the Last Supper here. It says, after they had finished eating, there was a dinner. After dinner, there was a heated discussion among the disciples as to which of them should be counted the greatest in the kingdom. Jesus was about to establish. So basically, here we go again. We're talking about selfless and self, selfish and selflessness. Now here they go. Jesus in the Last Supper, and he's talking about he's about to establish his kingdom. All of a sudden, here comes that flesh rising up. But who's going to be the greatest? That's just that's the nature of the flesh and people. And Jesus told them, whoever desired to be greatest, let him first be a servant. Now think about how contrary that is to, to the way the world operates. If I'm going to lead you, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, that's your job. You know, that's not what the word is saying. Say, whoever's going to be desired to be greatest, let him first be a servant. And a lot of times why, what is important about being a servant first, you learn what it takes in order to be a leader. You learn all the different, often different uh, aspects of the jobs at hand. As you work your way up, you begin to learn the inner workings of situations and circumstances. <clears throat> so Jesus said to them, got up and wrapped the towel around himself, began to wash their feet, illustrating what he had just explained. You call me Lord and Master, and you're right, I am. If I'm your Lord and Master and I, wa and I wash your feet, you should be willing to do the same for one another. I've shown you the servant is not greater than the Master, neither is the messenger greater than the one who sent the message. If you know and understand these things, it will bring you happiness to do them. I'm telling you, whoever sees who whoever sees who I see and receives me, and whoever sees me receives the one I sent, who sent me. He's saying if you get an understanding about the way the kingdom of God works, if you get an understanding about what I'm doing and the way that I'm doing it, you won't feel lesser than. You won't feel this when you have to go scrub a toilet, when you have to do this. It won't demean you because you understand this is all about God's work anyway, and it's not about you. It's about the Word. It's about about what God is trying to do. So, again, talking about being selfless.
if Jesus can wash their feet and they're calling him Lord and Master, he did not rebuke them from calling it. So if he can wash their feet, then why can't you? In all this, Jesus was alluding to the fact that once he was gone, there would be a continuing to carry his message of love and redemption throughout the world. Those of us who believe the message and receive him also receive the Father God who sent him. The end of the evening was sung and went out to the Mount Olives. There they followed Jesus to a garden called Gethsemane, where he took Peter, James, and John aside with him and went to pray. But this was no ordinary prayer meeting. Unlike times past, this night Jesus went to a deep sorrow and heaviness. The reality of what he was about to do began to set in. He was about to allow himself to take the most horrible punishment imaginable for crimes he never committed. He was about to die for the sins, crimes against God of a world that didn't even know who he was. His anger was so great he literally sweat much blood till it fell to the ground where he knelt. He's beginning to, not that he never did not know, but now he's beginning to recognize this. Now it's time. And the fullness of the weight of what he was about to do began to set in. He always knew. I mean, and that's how we are with different things. Notice about that that's how it happened. But when it's, it's time for it, then we begin to really focus and look at it. The fullness of what's going on will begin to set in. So Jesus was a man just as we are. It, 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 it concerned him. It worried him. It, to the point that dread, that that blood began to flow from his forehead, and again I pointed out that if you understand that, I forget the the scientific terminology for it, but in that state he could have died in the garden because when you're sweating, when you're because what's really going on is you're you're so stressed out that the blood capillaries in your forehead are beginning to break, and the blood is literally coming forth from your forehead, and that's the condition you could die. That's how stressed out he was. And you think you got stressed. At one point he prayed there would be some other way to accomplish this task of saving mankind. But in the final analysis, Jesus submitted his will to the will of the Father that the plan for mankind's redemption would be completed. No man takes my life, I lay it down. Now, Luke 22 and 24, And there was strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. John 13, 4 through 5, he rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. John 13, 13 through 20. You call me Master and Lord, and you stay well, for so am I. If I, then your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you as an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he that sent greater than he has sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture might be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me have lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before we come, that when it is come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth he that me that sent him, receiveth him that sent me. Okay. Now, Mark fourteen and twenty six. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Mark fourteen twenty thirty two through thirty four. And when they came to a place which is named Gethsemane, he said to the disciples, Sit ye here while I should pray. And he taketh with him Peter, James, and John, and began to be so amazed and to be very heavy. And he said unto them. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. 
tear ye here and watch. And he was withdrawn from him about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Saying, Father, thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was at work, great drops of blood falling to the ground. So again, he's, I, you know what, I, I know we talked about this, but uh, you know what, this ain't looking too good. I don't, you know, I don't, I, I, I ain't really down with. It. I thought it was a good thing, but uh, you know, now that I'm really, really looking, this ain't looking too good. His, his flesh didn't want to die. He didn't want to die. But he recognized that God's will was greater than his. And so what, what did happen? God sent an angel to strengthen him. So when you're going through your agony, when you're going through your situation and circumstances, and we're trying, how about this? We're trying to fulfill God's plan and purpose and will for our life, and we're at the point that we're at wit's end, and we're at the point that we don't know what to do. Why don't you pray and submit? What happened with Jesus when he was at that point? God sent an angel down to strengthen him. So why don't you ask God to send an angel down to strengthen you? He will give you what you need in order for you to fulfill his plan and his course. And then once the angel came, Jesus prayed even more earnestly. He went back at it again. I'm going even more earnestly, I'm going to pray. Even harder, I'm going to pray. I'm going to focus on this thing. And God sent an angel to strengthen him and gird him up that he might be able to fulfill that which God wanted him to do. Because when Jesus finished praying, he came and found his disciples sleeping. He woke them up, saying, The time had come. His betrayer was at hand. At that point, Judas showed up with the officers sent by the religious leaders to arrest Jesus. Since it was night, they weren't sure which one was Jesus. Judas told them to arrest the one he kissed. Judas was able to lead the officers to the garden because he knew this was a place where Jesus often prayed. Your enemy knows what's going on. He's studying you. He's watching you. He knows your habits. Oh, I know where he at. Come on, I get him. That's because the enemy's watching you. Once they found Judas, cried out, Master, Master, and kissed him. At that point, Peter drew his sword and cut off one of the man's ear. Jesus told Peter to put away his sword and reached out and healed the man's ear, still displaying nothing but love and compassion. Jesus turned to his betrayer and said, Judas, you betrayed the son of man with a kiss? No man takes my life. I lay it down. Jesus is arrested and the disciples flee. Coming from Matthew 26, 47 through 52, and then 56. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now he betrayed him, gave him a sign, saying, Whomever I shall kiss, that same as he, hold him fast. And forward he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came day and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them which was Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of high priest and smote off his ear. Then Jesus said unto him, Put up again thy sword in his place, for all that they take the sword should perish with the sword. But all this was done that the scripture of the prophet might be fulfilled. Then the disciples forsook him and fled. His boy said, You know what? I'm out of here. I don't understand or like none of this. It's way over my head and they broke out. And I'm done.
Alright, any more prayer requests? Another song to play? And that'll be it. Let us all play, and then we'll see what happens.
Yeah. 
Tony Prayer. Alrighty then. If not, I will say au revoir and I'll talk to you all on Tuesday, not Monday. Ha! Bye.